Are you ready to take your accounting career to new heights? Look no further. You're listening to From Zero to Millions, Accounting Edition. I'm Kelly Roars. And I'm Bilal Mihana. Together, we bring you treasure trove of expertise in the world of accounting. As the founders of our own firms, we truly understand the challenges you face day in and day out. Our combined experience with small and online businesses, paired with our background in accounting and entrepreneurship, is sure to help you bring your firm to the next level. Together, we'll deep dive into essential topics like staffing, technology, billing, goal setting, HR, and tax planning. We're here to provide practical advice that applies to CPAs, accountants, and business owners alike. So don't miss out on the opportunity to supercharge your accounting career and build the firm of your dreams. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our first recording of our podcast. I'm Kelly Roars. And I'm Bilal Mihana. And today we're going to give you a little bit of a background on why we're starting this podcast, what our firms look like, what we want to bring to our audience, and how we can help. Bilal and I have been connected for quite a few years here on LinkedIn. We've really built such a relationship going back and forth, supporting each other throughout the start of both of our firms. I started about two years ago. Bilal, you've been in business for about four years. Four years, yeah. We've called each other with difficult questions, dealt with employee issues with each other, tax questions, and it's been quite a fun ride. Of course, and that's why we decided to share this experience with everybody. We built a successful firm for the past four years, and Kelly as well, the past couple of years from scratch. We never bought any firms. We want to share our experiences with everybody based on how we started, how we started building our team remotely, became successful remotely, how we started to focus on branding and pricing and different type of services we want to offer. So those things we want to break down over the many episodes with everybody so they can learn And if they are struggling as a firm with employment, with pricing, that they're not alone, that they have us, they can share their experiences with us and we can help them along the way get better with pricing, get better with employment and build the firm that they want to feel proud of and not have to work 80 hours a week during tax season and not have to struggle to keep clients. Yeah, I definitely do not want to be working 80 hours a week. During tax season ever, let's hope to keep that between 40 and 50 moving forward. But in addition to talking about those things, we're definitely going to touch upon technology, practice management, and even deep diving into some tax strategies. So it won't just be listening to me and Bilal, this being the launch episode of the podcast. We're going to tell you a little bit about each other's firms, how we got here, what it looks like today. But in the future, we're going to have really prominent figures in the accounting and tax world that are going to hop on and share their experience on building their own firms, whether they be strictly public accounting firms or maybe they offer services that can help out your clients. We want to share with you what works for us. And I think, you know, like Bilal said, 
we started these firms from scratch and we did not purchase a single client. And there is an endless opportunity out there right now in the accounting world. There are more than enough clients to go around for everybody. There is a lack of people in public accounting. I'm sure most of our listeners probably read that Wall Street Journal article that came out about the third week of September. This is a major problem that there's a shortage in the industry, but to Bilal and I, I'm sure we see nothing but opportunity and we want to share that with everybody. The accounting world has changed for the past four years and has its opportunities that we can capture. In general, we want to talk about the things we can fix and things we can have control over. And that's initially, every accountant provides so much value to their clients, so much value. And we don't show it and we don't price it effectively. So those things are important. And in my mind, clients value accountants, but they don't show it to accountants because I think accountants in general undervalue themselves. So we want to bring a clear picture that empower accountants to charge their value, to provide also value that will help clients and not be busy. The, the more you are busy with working so many hours, the less value you can bring to clients. So it's funny, Bilal and I were just talking before the recording of this podcast. And listen, starting an accounting firm and running a firm is not for everybody. Some people do just want to be workers. But for us, it seems like we both were born with this entrepreneurial spirit. From a very young age, I was always hustling. And I like to think my father was the same way. He was painting and he was starting all of these businesses. And from when I was about 10 years old, I was creating handbags out of old jeans and trying to sell them to kids in middle school. I was handing out babysitting flyers to all the houses in the neighborhood. I was tutoring for math. I loved to work and I loved to help people. And I just always felt like I was going to be a business owner one day. I had the same experience. When I was a kid, probably in the early teens, I would do shovel snow for money in Michigan. As I grew older, I would sell cologne out of my trunk of my car in high school. As I got more older, I started doing online businesses. During college days, I would start making money and I didn't know what industry to go in because I was making a lot more money on doing selling online during my early 20s. So I always had wanted to make money and want to start businesses so from young age. So from then, I just wanted to make money, start business. And, and I stumbled into accounting because I like numbers and I like businesses. I changed four majors in, in college. It took me a minute to graduate because I went to engineering, a biology major, hotel management. This whole time, I was working for the family. I had fam family business and I had online business. I was make, making money on during holidays and drop shipping, all different things. And it was just, in the end, I like numbers, I like business. Let's do accounting because if anything fails, I can always start my own business if I don't like working for somebody. That's wild because I, I didn't know this about you, but I also switched majors a few times. I always loved numbers. I was one of those 
people in high school where I thought calculus was fun. And once I got to solve the problem, I felt this rush, which I guess I get now when I finish a beautiful tax return uh -huh. or putting financials together or figuring out a problem for a business owner. But I started off, I actually wanted to be a math teacher. And then I switched to global studies. And then I was like going back on the business route. And then I actually, I didn't have a straight path either. I didn't go four years to school and finish and did the CPA exam. I had personal issues that I had to deal with. I ended up taking a break from school and going back. And this is somebody who I had a full ride scholarship to school. I was always like top of my class. And I ended up taking a break and I went back and I was enrolled to do actuarial science. And I was working a job at the time. And this gentleman came in and he was a customer there. And he asked me what I was pursuing in college. And he said, oh, well, I run an accounting firm and you should come work for me. And I said, ha ha, that's so funny. Sure, I'll come work for you. And he left. An hour later, he calls me up. He says, come in for an interview the next day. So wow. I went. That was it for me. That was the start of my accounting career. I switched majors. I went right for accounting. I worked full time. I went to school full time. I was working full time with tax season when I was studying for the CPA exam. And I did almost 10 years at that firm. Wow. From day one, they were like, you are going to be partner here. You are going to be my succession plan. And like many other accounting firms out there, it's there's just a lot of marriages and divorces and it didn't work out. And that's OK. Once I had been established for a while and I started growing a family, I knew that this wasn't going to be the right fit for me moving forward. I had been building my brand up on LinkedIn, which was hard while I was working for another firm because it was, am I promoting the firm or am I promoting myself? So I really just started promoting myself and I posted more frequently. And not only did I discuss everyday problems with clients, but I started discussing issues that other accountants were having. And I was very involved in a local organization, the National Conference of CPA Practitioners. I'm here in New York. And I always felt the urge to connect with other accountants and support other people. And I knew that if I quit this job, I had a, a number of options out there. Yeah, I reached out to you to <laughs> work for me. I know. You've been trying to get me to work for you for a long time. And I said, listen, let me try this on my own. And it was an inspiration to hear that you had started your own firm. That was probably over two years ago. So you were about where I am now at that time yeah. when you reached out to me. And I made sure that I had some things in place personally. But me and my husband both work full time. We support my family. I had a almost one year old at the time and I quit my job with a little bit of business, maybe like $25,000 of business. It really wasn't much. I made sure that I had a certain amount of savings put aside 
to get us through because I knew that it would take me some time to generate business. But what I didn't know is that I was going to be able to grow my firm from $25,000 of business to $300,000 of business within my first year. It's unreal sometimes. And you did it without any advertising. It's all organic. Some people would say I didn't advertise. I really, or some people would say I do. I have a very strong presence on LinkedIn and I do pay my team, my social media team. Shout out to Leaders Online and Katie Thomas for being the best team out there. I hired them in February of 22. So it actually, it's, it's almost been two years. And what I do is I give them all of the ideas and they make everything look pretty and they post it for me. Now, it's not really advertising. I don't say, hey, I'm going to get you the biggest refund. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I've realized that putting this money into my brand has really given me, I would say, almost all of my business. Like I'd say between 75 and 90% of my business has come from the brand that I've built up on LinkedIn. And there are some clients that come directly from LinkedIn, but honestly, it's mostly from other professionals that I've connected with other CPAs. We don't all do the same thing. A client that may be a good fit for you is not a good fit for me. So it's like really important to me to be connected with other people to know what I should be taking on. What made you decide that you, I want to hire Katie and just post because basically you wanted to provide value upfront because most accountants, when they start, the first thing is that what they want to do is make Google PPC or Facebook ads to get clients in the door right away at whatever price just to make things going. But what you were trying to do on LinkedIn was the long term. What made you decide that? And how did you come up with that idea? Yeah, one thing I knew I didn't want to do was a thousand ten forties during tax season because I knew that with leaving the firm and having a young family, I wanted that balance in my life. But for me, I'd probably been pretty active since pre-COVID, like 2019, 2018. On LinkedIn, not as consistent as, as I am today because now with a team, it's much easier. It's a lot of work to come up with ideas, to elaborate on posts. Mm -hmm. It is, it takes a lot of effort. And I was doing it myself for a long time and I would go in spurts with it. I'd be really consistent for three months and then another three months go by and I just didn't have it in me. I'm too busy to be posting consistently. And if you don't have a good system for keeping track of your ideas, it's even harder because you can't just say, oh, I want to post something today. What should I post? It's not like that. I think of things or I have client situations and I'm like, you know what? A lot of people could relate to this. I'm going to write a note down and I need to talk about this. And now that's really how I compile all the data for the marketing team. But the main trigger for me to hire them was entering tax season in 2022. I was like, I no longer have the time to do this. I know this is working. I want to grow my reach to people. And mm -hmm. I said, let me give this a whirl. I signed up for a three-month engagement. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. It looks great. I'm getting more interactions 
And I started gaining traction. And really, the rest is history. Because from then till now, I think I looked recently on LinkedIn, it was like I had a million interactions in the last year. And like most of my posts have thousands of views. So it's just every penny that I've spent has been well worth it. Just to give you a little bit of background, where I am at today, I run a primarily virtual firm here on Long Island. I service clients from New York to California. We have no boundaries. Uh, I don't specialize in international tax, so I guess that's a little bit of a boundary. And I have four people working for me, one full-time, three part-timers. And we're looking to probably hire at least another part-timer, if not a full-timer. So it's definitely like everybody else is dealing with staffing issues. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard to manage, but I'm really happy with where we're at. Yeah, I I think our stories are very similar from the beginning where we want to be entrepreneurs. And then obviously you mentioned that you didn't choose your accounting degree right away out of high school. You change majors. We value our time and we value our expertise. And we both thought from the beginning, hey, what we've been through, education, experience, overall entrepreneurial mindset that we have, that we can give so much to their client. I don't want to do a $200 tax return. And that's the biggest where a lot of individuals fail at, where they go into open a firm and just to do 1040s. Because that's the easiest part to sell. It's always easy uh, to get like your cousins, brothers, wives, 100%, 100%. family to pay, you know, $150 for a 1040, but there's definitely none of that going on between the two. A lot of people think it's a, it's only one hour work, but it's more than an hour work. The, the prep time, the communication, the after fact, it's, it's all these different things, nuances that it really takes more than an hour. If you think about it, it takes about three, four hours to do a, a simple tax return just because of if you combine all the communications. Back and that, forth, reviewing it multiple times. Yeah. And then imagine they giving you missing documentation. Hey, I need this from you. And okay, if I can spend four hours on, on 1040 and get 125 bucks, I can spend four hours on a business client and provide so much value for him or her that she'll save thousands of dollars in taxes or, or thousands of dollars in better operations for their business. She will, he will appreciate more because they're in the same business as I am. We're both entrepreneurial. So we both know the risk, the time we put in to make this work. And uh, entrepreneurs need entrepreneurs, especially in different fields. We are advisors to help entrepreneurs through the financial aspects of taxes, accounting, make sure everything is right and makes sense when they look at the financials and they understand, hey, this month they lost or this month they made money but cash flow was tight. All the different things that they want to talk about, we are there for them. We're not just swamped in 1040s. I always want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do always business. And I did accounting just because accounting is the, the heart of the business, understanding the business, right? It's If you understand accounting, you understand your financials well, you can make decisions based on that. So I want to understand that aspect of the business because I, I want to always start businesses. So when I graduated accounting, I had my own startup. It was an, an e-cigarette business. So I was doing e-cigarettes, vape, e-liquid. At that time, it was more than 10 years ago. Not as popular as now, it was getting popular at that time. And I just got married. 
It was starting up and the business wasn't making money. It was scaling. We scaled the first year from zero to almost a million dollars in sales. We did about $700,000, $800,000 in sales the first year. I was like, okay, wow. We had a, a good brand behind it, a good product. The second year, it went down, probably about 400,000 sales. The third year, it tanked. Uh, at that time, by third year, I had a newborn. And during that time, I, I was studying for my CPA exam. So I always had a plan B. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my business is doing well the first year. And the second year, it was going down. I started studying for my CPA exams. By the time I passed my CPA exams, my daughter was born. If she was born before uh, my exams were passed. I would probably never pass my CP exams. I swear to God. I, I like, totally get that now that I have a four-month-old yeah. and a three-year-old. It is complete chaos here. The, the fact that okay, your, your daughter is there, newborn is there, and you don't have the, the actual focus on what to do. So thank God that happened. And as the business was tanking, I was like, my wife at that time was graduated dental school, so there was no income in the house. And for three years, I made no money. All the money I was making was putting back in the business. For three years, I was living on savings I had, and my wife stood alone. So that's when I decided I want to become an accountant, like ruin public accounting. So I went back to master's degree, and then I joined an internship program through a company called Cohen & Company. So when I started with Cohen & Company, I did a year and a half with them. And then from there, I decided I want to, start my own firm. I was like, okay, I'll do three years in public accounting and then go on my own. I didn't know how and when or who. I just had an idea. Okay, three years is enough to get my experience in the door. And then I get a better understanding of taxes and accounting and I can start. So I was there for a year and a half. I switched to a company called Clayton McCurvey for like seven months. And I had the opportunity to go to Deloitte. So I went to Deloitte during that busy season. How many hours a week did you work? When you were at Deloitte? When I started at Deloitte, actually, I started in like March of 2018. And I was like, I'm going to be there for at least five years. Be a become a manager, senior manager, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, it's my dream job. I want to be there for a long time. And I got there. And at that time, my wife was expecting my second baby, which is a boy, in March. And I was looking at everybody else there working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. The first team I got scheduled with had a client that wanted his like 50 returns within two weeks done. Seems reasonable. And, but he gives you everything on the day one and he wants it done in 14 days. Yeah. And Unreal. this is like a, a big client. And they said, oh, yes, you need to get this done. Work as many hours as you possibly need to. <laughs> so that team was working a lot of hours. And as I looked at myself, I was like, I can't compete with this 21-year-old working that many hours. I'm expecting a second child on the way. I looked at the partners. They're working 100 hours a week. Half of them were divorced. So I looked around. I was like, this is, this is BS. I don't want to be here for five years. I don't even want to be here for another year. So I started posting online. A lot of posting on Facebook. What you were doing on LinkedIn, I was doing on Facebook. I was like, okay, I have experience in e-commerce. I've been doing e-commerce for a long time. I like doing that. I set my price at this level. I remember talking to a lot of firms about my pricing at that time. And I was like, oh, this is too much money. It's a lot of money you charge. I was like, it's not a lot of money. At that time, I wanted to charge 500 bucks a month for business accounting and taxes. And a lot of people that I talked to, I was like, this is crazy. You can never get that price. 
So I was like, I'm working right now. I can charge whatever price I want. Let me start doing this price and see how it goes. I remember of October 2018, I got four clients in one month. I was like, shit, I, I got four clients in one month. That's $2,000 a month. Recruiting like, revenue. Hey, I can make this work. <laughs> and I'm working full time. And I was like, okay. So that's when I decided to quit. So by January of 2019, I told my manager I'm, I'm leaving Deloitte. And I gave my resignation. And February 1st, I started on my own. During that time, I was still posting, doing all these different things and, and, and so on and so forth. I kept on posting on Facebook groups and different Facebook. But then I realized over time, picking a niche, having a specific industry you work with, understanding the industry really well, gives you so much leverage, so much opportunities, because I realized everybody wants an expert. Like you pick Katie because she's an expert in this field. She does mainly accounting. Exactly. Social mm -hmm. media, it's her thing. So you felt very comfortable with talking to her. She didn't have to explain to her what you do and how you want clients, what kind of type of clients you want. She understood all the all different things. And I used to always hear other people, hey, pick your niche, focus on that, blah, blah, blah. And I never understood that until I started doing it myself, where understanding what category you want to be in, what industry you want to be in. The more you specialize in a certain industry, the more you have leverage understanding what's what this industry works well for you, doesn't work well for you. And you now become an advisor to your client. Instead of being an accountant, you're an advisor. You help him on taxes, you help him on accounting, you help him find the specialist that he needs or she needs. So I think it works in harmony where you're the one that the client comes to you for all the questions. And if you are that person to really navigate, say, hey, oh, international tax, I have somebody who can help with international tax. I know accounting and taxes, but I don't know international. R&D, yes, I know somebody that can help with R&D. So over time, I started realizing what I'm good at, what I can delegate. But initially, I think just having something drives you to, hey, I want a lifestyle that fits me and understanding the clients that you want to go after, the pricing. As we talk about pricing, in the episodes to come, I think pricing is one of the, the most difficult things to figure out. Because if we go low, we work a lot. We can't afford good talent. We, we, we go too high, the clients can't afford us. It's be reasonable mm -hmm. where we can still make money, we can still hire good talent, and they don't have to work a lot of hours. So everyone's happy. Recently, I was at a financial advising conference in Las Vegas, Okay. And they were talking about how an average financial advisor literally works about 400 hours a year. It makes about half a million dollars a year. I was like, I'm not in the wrong industry. But they value their time. They value their expertise. And I think that's like a huge difference between us and financial advisors. I would probably say that accountants probably work, work more like 2,400 hours a year, if not more than that. Easily. Literally, when I saw that, that those numbers being spelled out in front of me, if you want to really put time and effort into your clients, you work 800 hours a year. I was like, that's like within four months of tax season. But they understand, hey, that's my value. I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to go below that. Where you're going with that is like when you have to know boundaries, you have to know your value, 
you have to have some sort of niche too. You can't just let it be a free-for-all. You need to know what you're good at. And it's funny that we both really come from the same background with your specialty in dentistry. We both deal with medical professionals, dental professionals. I mainly have businesses in the service industry, attorneys, consultants, and financial advisors. But if someone comes to me looking for retail or inventory or cash businesses, sales tax issues, like I'm going to refer that out to somebody else. 100%. I realized over time that everybody wants to understand dentistry or any other niche they want to get in if they have no background in that, which I didn't have background. So in the beginning, I was just, okay, let me read about dental marketing, dental business, dental metrics, and all the different type of dentistry out there, books there are. I read about four or five books of them and podcasts on different things. So that way, if I talk to another dentist, I can speak his language or her language they can understand me, I can understand them, I can ask them questions about the, their business, their practice, what's their pain points, right? I think that the biggest advantage I get by focusing on those industries is that I understand the pain points for the client. The more you understand that, that niche, you, you, you can relate, you can price better, you can have better value. It makes everything easier for you. To, as you build a firm, it makes it easy to scale now because you have systems in place you can teach your staff how to do those things. You can teach yourself how to provide value in dentistry because now you understand it so much. You can teach somehow. But when you have 50 industries you're in, it's very difficult to really focus on that. Now, obviously, I have clients outside of those industries that come in through family and friends and referrals. But I don't try to be expert in those industries and I don't try to provide any advisory in those industries. Just basic tax planning and accounting, but no advisory services. I think now clients look for advisor more than anything else because they're looking for help. And most accountants are so busy that they can't help their clients and, they're, and they don't understand their clients to help them to begin with. They're looking for answers. How do I make better decisions in my business? And the client doesn't have those answers. You have those answers. He says, okay, I'm going to pick Kelly. I'm going to pick Bilal. They have the, all the answers. I'm going to pay a premium because I can't find those the demand and supply is very low. Like demand is high and supply is low. And that's like the biggest, I'll say, advantage as you guys build the firms, as we build our firms, those are key into understanding the niche, understanding the business, the pricing, and the services that you want to provide to the clients. Today, we spoke a little bit about each other's backgrounds, how we feel about the accounting industry, and what we want to bring to our audience. I think it's important to stay tuned and look forward to the awesome guests that we're going to have on. Bilal, if you want to wrap it up by kind of just talking about a couple of topics we have coming up and we could sign off. Yeah. Our approach for this is to help you build a, a firm of your dreams and the firm that you always wanted. And we are, we're going to talk about our experiences. At the same time, we're going to talk about the different aspects of accounting, where the, like the tax specialties, the CFO specialties, the advisory type. So we're going to bring on guests from those industries where, okay, if you want to provide tax planning, cost segregation is a big thing, right? Now we bring in cost tech experts on that to help you pinpoint or identify those opportunities with your clients. And you can hire those firms to do the study and you get paid for that. 
Same thing with R&D, same thing with captive insurance, retirement, all those different things. I think you build a firm, you can bring in those individuals to your company, be part of your company, right? And you get paid as you go. So we want to also help you make more money. Uh, as we go into those topics, we bring on those experts in those fields. You're going to find out, like, we're not going to talk about those experts only, but how you can uh, maximize your revenue and add more revenue streams to your business by having those experts in your pocket, in your background, as part of your firm. I think that's also one approach that we're going to add to it. And, and these guys, they're going to be very helpful for you and your firm and expanding on, on what you provide as services and as a firm, what you are. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. And thanks, Bilal, for this first wonderful recording. Yep. Thank you, Kelly. And hopefully more to come. And we're going to build a very big community for this podcast. Take care, guys. If you've been loving the energy and insights we bring to each episode, we'd love to hear from you. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and written review to let us know what your favorite part of the show is. Your feedback helps us reach more professionals who could benefit from the show and create more episodes you love. We can't wait to hear your thoughts. <laughs>